Man, was that awesome? Was worship awesome this morning? Did y'all enjoy that? Man, it was good. This morning, I'm really excited. We're going to do baptism, and I don't know exactly how many people are going to get baptized, but it's going to be awesome. And we're going to celebrate together in just a few minutes. And it's one of my favorite things in the world because of the picture of what it is. And that's kind of what I'm going to preach on today. It's, it's very similar to that thought behind it. So um, I just want you to everybody do this for me. Will y'all do something for me? I need y'all to talk to me. Can y'all do something with me? Right. Hey. I need everybody just to take an inventory of yourself today. I want everybody just to seriously don't consider somebody else. And I know there's somebody that you know needs this today. But let's let it be us. Let's let God speak directly into our lives. And let's see what God has for us. Because I'm telling you right now, God's going to do something crazy in some of your lives. Because you're holding on to something that was never intended to be held on to. And as a result, there's death in your life that was never intended to be death. And life is going to happen for many of you today. And it's not just salvation. Don't miss this. There's freedom that's going to take place in many of your lives because it's time for you to let go and let God have it and let God bring life to a place that is so dead and it was never intended to be that. And so today, I'm just really excited. And, and this whole two-week part, two-part series, Race to Life, is just a picture of what that looks like and how God uses it. And there's, there's one verse that is kind of going to be the theme for a couple weeks and it's John chapter 12, verse 24. If you have your Bibles, phones, tablets, whatever you use, take it out. But this is what it says. It's truly, truly, I say to you. And anytime you hear this, this is Jesus saying, listen, 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 listen. Pay attention. This isn't just listen. This is listen, listen. Y'all with me? Y'all know what truly, truly means? Do y'all know this? It means truly, truly, all right? Nobody. Like, it's, it, it's what it, it, really, it really translates. Listen, this is important, and I want y'all to get this and don't miss it. I said to you, unless a grain of wheat, y'all like my Hobby Lobby wheat, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and, what's this word? Say it again. Unless it dies, it remains alone. And I just believe that's how a lot of us here feel today is alone. And there's people all around you. Isn't this ironic that people are all around us and yet we can feel so alone and so without hope? Because no matter how many people are around us, if I'm in a ball game with 80,000 people around me, if I'm with five people, I can feel completely alone until something falls and dies. It remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. And the point of your life was not so you can hold on to things that you think are best. The point of your life is to bring glory and honor to the Father through the person of Jesus Christ, and that means that he gets access to everything. Listen, this is hard. This is hard. That means he has access to everything in your life. Everything, everything, everything in your life. And let me give you an example of what that means. Unless a grain falls, it remains alone. And these grains, like, I, I don't know. Do we have any farmers in the room? Do we have anybody that farms? Sweet. All right, so <laughs> I won't sound too dumb if I'm wrong, right? That's good news. But, like, these guys are together, and they look like that's the, the good stuff, right? I, all these grains, when they, when they come out, these individual dudes right here, there's a shell, there's a little hole around them. But that's not what gives life. It's what's inside of them that's the life-giving process that takes place when it falls to the ground and it gets buried. Life happens in it because a shoot comes out and then it comes out of the ground and then this crazy stuff begins to happen. And this 
starts growing out of one of the guys. But if it stays by itself, even if it's with these other ones, if it stays by itself, if it stays on this, it is dead walking around, looking around in your life. What looks like it's alive is actually dead. And here's the deal. About, I don't know, seven, eight years ago, I was a basketball coach and a, a Bible teacher, and I loved it, man. I'm telling you, I would have told you for all the money in the world, I'm not doing anything different. I loved it. I found my identity in that. Winning is just good. I'm just telling you right now, like I, if you've never experienced winning, and I need all my Gamecock brethren, y'all know what I'm talking about right now. Praise the Lord. We're awesome, right? But, but if you've ever experienced winning and like what, it, what it's really like, to have a bunch of dudes or a bunch of ladies that, that you pour into and you, you experience the top, the pinnacle, and then you get to do what you think God put you on the planet to do. Like I was convinced this is what I was supposed to do. And then something tragic happened in our, in our lives, in Leah, in my life. And, like, and it wasn't just one thing. It was several things. And, and it was like things. And I'm like, how is this good? Like this is all terrible stuff. God, do y'all ever do this? God, how is this possibly your plan? How... How do you have my best interest in mind when you're letting this happen to me? There's no possible way that you're wanting to breathe life into me right now, like the song we just sang. There's no way that this is right. So, so where are you in all this? I'll never forget the last season that I coached was um, 2009. In 2010 basketball season, which seems like forever ago now, I did not go to a basketball game that year. I could not physically go in without feeling sick because I wanted to be on the bench so bad, man. I wanted to smell that smell that you smell, and it's a terrible smell in the locker room. Whew, praise the Lord. But it's just something that, it, like, just being around my brother. I just wanted to be in there, man, and I, and I felt like part of me had died. Don't miss this because I believe this is a word for some of you in the room today. In my life, had the grain of wheat not fallen off, and God not let something die that I considered awesome. Because listen, so many times we think, well, he's talking about sin. I'm going to be honest with you. I wasn't sinning. But God had something greater in my life that he wanted to accomplish. But something had to die. And he had to have access completely and totally to me to move me to the place that he would have me go. And for so many of us, what happens is we tell God how it's going to be. Are y'all with me today? We tell God, listen, God, I'm all good with you and like this, this doing this Jesus thing like it seems cool. But you can't have access to that, bro. Like this is what I'm supposed to do. And we tell God exactly what it's going to be. And if you've never done that, he knows that I have and I did. And it had to fall off for life to happen. And let's get more practical for every person in the room that's trusted Jesus, you've said, Pastor, that's me. I'm, I'm identifying myself as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus Christ. The only way that that is so is if you have said, God, every part of me you can have. You have access to all of me. There's no longer anything. Listen, does that mean you're going to go without sin? Of course not. You're going to sin because you're a human being and we all, like sheep, have gone astray. We all are going to sin. But what that means is that there's nothing in my life that I won't say you're the boss of anymore. And so many of us, we listen, we say, I will let you be the boss of everything, but, 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 but this one thing, this one thing, you can't have this. And that one thing that you hold on to because you believe it's what gives you your identity, you believe it's what, it's what gives me hope, man. Like, I can't give that up. I'll give everything else up. 
But you don't know about my kids, man. Why would I want to give my kids up? That God gave me those kids. And oftentimes the blessings in our lives when we, cl- when we clamp our hands down or ends up being what brings death to our home. Oftentimes the blessings in our life when we don't let God have access totally and we give out or the cloud that falls over us and we say, I don't understand. I love my wife. You are choking the life out of her because you won't let her go and let God have total access to your marriage and total access to your job and total access to all of you. And until God has total access to everything, you're going to be frustrated with every part of your life and there will not be a harvest. There will not be a harvest. But here's the deal. And I don't want y'all to miss this. The process that takes place is hard. It's a difficult process. Are y'all with me? It's tough. Because in order for this seed to fall, it had to drop all alone. And it feels kind of, listen, when change happens in your life, when this happens and it goes from I'm with my boys, right? I'm, I'm doing my thing. I'm, 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 I'm doing what I think I'm supposed to do. So how, when it falls off, it is completely and totally alone. And then, and then it can't stay there. It's got to be buried for this to produce another grain or, or a stalk or something big or a mustard seed produces a massive, massive tree. But in order for that to happen, it can't just get thrown out on the carpet, can it? Can it? No. Like it's got to be planted. It's got to go into the ground. And here's what's crazy is with Christ, I identify myself in Christ, which means he died and was buried. And I'm identifying in that. And it is not a fun process to have something in your life that you think is great to almost seem dead. Part of me, can I be honest with y'all today? Part of me, it felt like died when I walked away from basketball because I loved it. And it was not bad. It was not like an idol in my life. I just loved it. But God had something much greater in mind for me. He had a calling that was bigger than I could see and I didn't even know that any of this was gonna happen. I had no clue. But God knew. And he said, my ways are higher than your ways, bro. Declares the Lord is actually what it says, but I like bro. Plans to prosper, not to harm you. And give you a home and hope in the future is what we quote in Jeremiah 29, 11, But then we fight against it. As high as the heavens are from the earth. His ways are higher than my ways and his thoughts are higher than my thoughts. And I want to quote these promises and forget that he's God and I'm not. And until I identify myself with what I really am, and listen, this is what I really am. I'm a fallen man that at my best, I'm a man. And at your best, you're a man or a woman. But in Christ, there's nothing that we can't accomplish. Because, listen, he took on the shame and the sin and the debt that you owe when he took on death. He took on that death so you could identify yourself with him. And listen, this is how we worded it. Jesus died alone. So that I would never have to be alone. And for every one of you that feel alone today, it is only because there's something that you haven't given him access to. And today I say, let's let's kill something in your life. Let's allow Jesus to have access to that thing, those things, whatever it is that you haven't given him total access to, and let's just let it die so that he can breathe life into you. Will you pray with me? God, in the next couple minutes, I just believe that you want to work a miracle. But it doesn't happen through the mouth of a man. It doesn't happen through something that I do or say. It happens because you move and breathe and it's your breath. So just, Lord, fall down today. We know you're in here. 
And I just pray that the move of God that takes place over the next few minutes is unlike anything we've ever seen. And we're believing you in Jesus' name. Amen. So let me just explain something to y'all just real briefly. The Bible is the good news of Jesus Christ. Like everything that points from Genesis to Revelation, everything beelines and points to the cross. Everything. Everything to the start, everything to the finish. Everything is the beeline. Everything is pointing. Look, this is the deal. This is the culmination of everything that he came. Born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died, was buried, and resurrected. And there's four books in the Bible that are called the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But the actual Gospel... If you want to define what does the good news actually mean, Paul wrote what was called, he wrote epistles, but all that means is letters. And listen, to, to the Corinthians, to the people of Corinth that exist today, he's penning this letter, and at the end of, of his first letter to Corinth, he says, listen, chapter 15, listen, here's what the good news is. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he says, here's what the good news is. I was delivered to you as of first importance what I also received. Listen, this is number one. This is what you need to know. If you walk away and you don't know anything else, this is Paul. Get this, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with what the Bible said was going to happen in accordance to the scripture. And that he was buried. And that he raised on the third day according to the scripture. Now listen, this is why it's so important. And this is why we don't experience a breakthrough in our personal lives. And then this is why so many people have acknowledged that they know Jesus but they don't really know Jesus. This is it right here. This is it. Because we are willing to say, you know what, I'm tired of this life. And I'll even let something die. But it can't die without being buried. And then it comes to life. But that only happens through Jesus. Actually, Romans chapter 8 verse 11 says, the same power that raised Christ from the dead is the power that's inside of you. When, listen, he has total access to your life. When you've said, I'm not the boss anymore, but that's hard. That's difficult. Because ultimately what I'm saying in that moment is, I don't know where I'm going to go. I don't know where you're going to take me. I don't know what this life's going to look like. But I'm stepping out on something that I even can't see because faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what I cannot. Certain of what I cannot see. And so I might not even be able to recognize it or see it or touch it, and it's not tangible, and it's so difficult because the things that I can see and make sense of, I need, Pastor, if this was just a process and a formula and you could just wave a wand, I would go with it. But the fact that there's no formula and sometimes faith is so difficult, it's just hard. And if we could take an inventory of our lives and just be straight up, what we would say, what I believe I can tell you, is the number one thing that I struggle with in my life is that I hold on to things that were never supposed to be held on to. And I say, well, this is a good thing, so I'm holding on to it. And there's life that he's trying to give me, and I'm withholding him because I believe that I know best. And I would never say that, right? We would never sit down with a pastor. We would never sit down with a counselor and say, well, I know better than God. But our actions speak so much louder than our words, and we say, no, but you can't have access to this. This is mine. And it breathes death in us, and then we say things like this. I don't understand. I'm so alone. I'm, I, I don't have any. I, I just don't get any of this. I don't either. But I know that the God of the universe who came and died 
according to the scriptures and was buried according to the scriptures. Why? So that we could have life in his name. And, and life shot up. And listen, this is crazy. Inside of these things, the hole or the outside, the shell, busts loose. And it's buried. And there's no way that that, I don't know if seeds have feelings. I'm pretty sure they don't, right? But, I, it, but it, all alone, buried in the ground. Like, I, I feel like I'm trapped under this, uh, I don't, life is so hard right now. I don't know what to do. And he is waiting to shoot life in you and say, this is your hope and this is your future. And this is why all of these things are happening. And don't miss this. The thing that we identify as the thing that I wish had never taken place is so that it can fall off and God can breathe life into you. And so many people that identify themselves as Christians never experience new life, regeneration of our lives because we hold on to the things that were never meant for us to hold on to. And the only question we have is why? Why did you let this happen? Why did I lose my job? Why did my first marriage fail? Why wouldn't you fix it, God? Why would you let cancer come to my family? Why wouldn't you fix it? And we constantly remind ourselves what we're not. And we constantly forget what the good news of Jesus Christ really is. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And here's what I think is like the breaking point. Is we're, we're told to identify ourselves in Christ, and that's great. Like in this country, it is hard, and I know people say it's getting harder. But to do what we do is not really harder. To do what this says, now it's hard. Because I'm identifying myself not only in the person of Jesus, but in his death, in his burial, and in his resurrection. That is what it means to be in Christ. And this is what Paul said to the church of Rome. In Romans chapter 6, starting in verse 3, he said, Listen, here's how this death, burial, and resurrection deals with you. This is the point. Do you not know that all of us, there's not one person that will hear this message or will never hear this message that this doesn't deal with, that all of us who have been baptized into Christ, does that mean this water? Y'all tell me, do you? No, it means that we've trusted Jesus Christ. The first baptism, don't miss this. The first baptism we have is the day that you trusted Christ and said, I am yours. But more importantly, you are mine. You have, you have died and was buried and rose again so that you could pay the debt for my sin. And no longer am I my own, but I'm yours. And so at that moment, I've been baptized into Christ. We were baptized into his, what is it? Into his death. Which means I'm, I'm representation of my life, the, 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 what people see in me. It's his death. Let's just stop right here. When I make my decisions, when I'm going through the motions, when I'm doing my thing, at the end of my days, here's what I do. This is, this is just the truth. I might be letting y'all in too much, but I'm just going to be honest. I look back on my day and I just, I just start looking at what conversations did I have? Like what things did I do? Who did I talk to? And then I ask this question, who did I manipulate? Who did I manipulate so that I got what I wanted to get or I accomplished my goal in life or I accomplished my, my plan? I word it differently and be a little more spiritual. How did I build my kingdom today by the conversations that I had or by the things that I did? Or how did I build God's kingdom by not being manipulative? And I'm just going to tell you all this, I'm really good at that. 
That's not awesome, by the way, at all. But I'm good at figuring out how to manip manipulate people. And so every day I've got to decide, am I identifying myself into his death or am I feeling like a martyr because something had to die in my life for something great to come and I beat myself up constantly wishing that I was something that I'm not? And then I ask myself, what are you holding on to, bro? Like, what is it that you're holding on to that you were never supposed to hold on to? Because God doesn't do the miracle in the blessing. We pray all the time, God bless my family, bless my home, bless my life. Do you know that God does the miracle so that you can do the blessing? And when you hold on to stuff that was never meant to be held on to, the blessing is impossible to change anything. Do you know that I, I thank God every single day that he's withheld some of the blessings that I've prayed for because I believe that I would have held it and let that be what identifies me. And we end up, we end up worshiping the blessing and not the blesser. And then we wonder, God, why are you not doing miracles in my life? I, I know that you're the same God that heals and the same God that does all these things. And <laughs> I just believe it comes down to this, that I was buried into his baptism. Or excuse me, that I was that I died and that I identify myself with him and we were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we, might, we too might be walking. What does that say? Newness of life. Man, I just, I just know that I would like to have newness of life in some areas. Anybody else? I'd like to have some newness of life take place in my life. And I'm serious. This is the truth. This week, Lee and I stayed up real late a couple nights. And we were talking. We were just making lists. And if our walls could talk, that's <laughs> all I'm going to tell y'all. It's crazy. And I was just looking down and taking an inventory of my life. And I was just saying, you know, I'm holding on to something that God never intended for me to hold on to. And all I have to do is watch Lainey's favorite movie, Frozen. Come on, y'all sing it with me. Let it go. Right? And as funny as it is, it's the truth, man. I hold on to things that were never intended to be held on to because I don't identify myself in his death and then burial and then resurrection. Listen, he didn't stay there. If, if he had just died or if he was just buried, there would be a lifeless God in the grave like every other world religion has. And the one thing that separates us is when that hole, when that shell dropped off into the ground and was buried. It was a seed that gave life to every human being that will accept him for the rest of all eternity. That is the difference between what we believe and what everybody else believes. And I don't believe it just because, so the Bible tells me so, I believe it because his half-brother said, I saw the resurrected brother of mine and he is who he says he is. And the disciples said, I saw him. And I'm doing all of these crazy things that people are trying to kill me because I saw him. I'm identifying myself in Christ. And listen, this is the part that I find so maddening and awesome all at the same time. Jesus built this huge, huge following where 20 plus thousand people are following him to the side of a mountain that we've sat on and we've looked at. And it's amazing only to see them leave and it dropped down to 120 people. Why? So that he could give them a blessing and they could not hold it. They could give it out. And the entire earth has heard the gospel 
with exceptions of a few tribes that it's never gotten to, everyone has access to the gospel now. Because God said, no, I want to bless you and let you send it to the furthest points of the earth. And the only reason that we don't change the world is not because the God who let this happen to his son so that I wouldn't have to be alone doesn't have the power anymore. As a matter of fact, he gave it to all of us. So what should happen if we identify ourselves in his death and burial and resurrection? What should really take place? There's no stopping us. We're an immovable force that God has blessed, but we hold his blessings like this and say, you can't have all access. And as soon as we let it go, this crazy multiplication takes place and God works a miracle. And this is the tension, right? Am I letting it go so people can know my name? Am I letting it go so I can manipulate you into believing that I've done something awesome? Or am I letting it go? Because I just love Jesus, man, because he first loved me. And I want to identify myself in Christ. Because what I have in my life is grave clothes and death. But what he has is life. And so here's, here's the three things that are the gospel right here. You can write these down. Three simple things, death, buried, and resurrected. Death is the end of life. Oh, gracious pastor, right? That is life-changing material right there. You're welcome. Like, it's the permanent extinction of vital functions of an organism. Now think about this. Think about this. We are willing to give Jesus almost everything, but what are you willing to say? This is the end of me having access to it in my life, and you have complete and total access. I'm letting you have control. Because it's cool to put it on a board, right? It's cool to even say it, but then let him actually do it. It's hard. The first thing, listen, this is the starting point for everything in your life. The reason that salvation is said and even thought, but doesn't really come to so many people, is I love the idea of salvation until I realize that I have to die to myself. Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ in me, Christ in me is who lives. And so the first thing that has to happen is, y'all forgive me, this is almost a pun, but death to self, death to selfie, right? That's what has to take place. And in everything in my life that I'm holding on to, I got to let it go and let it die so that life can happen. It's so counterintuitive. It's so against what we naturally think. But it's the truth. And God is much higher and smarter than anything we can imagine. And until we believe that and let him have it, we are giving life to things that are not supposed to have life. And it's miserably frustrating. And the second thing is buried. This is what it means to cover with earth, right? Duh. It's to immerse. The reason that we do baptism is because it's the first step and it's the sign of here's what I was. I was a dead man walking with clothes on that were grave clothes. I was a mummy. I was a zombie walking around. But I took on the death of Jesus so that I wouldn't have to die. And he breathed life into me. And so I'm going to identify myself with Christ to the entire world. We get baptized not so that we can tweet out how many people are baptized, but so that I fully identify myself, myself excuse me, with Jesus Christ and that the world knows this is me. That's the first thing that God calls us to do after salvation. And some of you have never done that. I'm identifying myself with his death, his burial, and that he was raised to life. And then the resurrection simply means this. And I love this definition. It's rising from the dead, of course, but this is what it means from decay and disuse. 
from decay and disuse. You know, some of you, if you would be honest today, you would say, this is what I see as myself. I, I know what I have that's decaying and I know what God can never use, man. The truth is, there's so many things in my life that embarrass me. There's so many things in my life that I've done and if you knew, you wouldn't even be talking to me right now. Here's what it means to be buried and why the decay goes away. And this is the beauty of the gospel that transcends everything that a human being can think, that changes every single hopeless situation. When Jesus died on the cross, he shed his blood. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there could be no forgiveness. But listen, listen, with the shedding of blood, when I'm buried in that, when I'm buried in his goodness and in his grace and in his mercy, which all that means is the favor of God through the person of Jesus Christ. By him taking on your death and your decay and your filth, he doesn't even remember it. And this is the only thing he wants for his children. I just want you to have hope and I want you to have a future and I want you to be alive in me. But I think the problem is that I look at my decay and my disuse and I say it's too good to be true. There's no way. And as long as I believe that, I'll continue to identify myself as a rotting carcass because of all that I did this week. And I won't identify myself in the glory and the majesty of Jesus. And that is who I am. Who God says I am through the person of Jesus Christ is exactly who I am. And no matter how many times I tell myself what I've done, no matter how many times I tell myself how bad I jacked up this situation, no matter how many times I manipulate a situation because of my flesh, he looks at me and says, you're my son. Just let me have it. Come on home. Come on home. Jesus died a death that I could not die so that I could live a life that I could not have otherwise. There's no possible way that I can have it until I let him have it. Then something crazy happens and that shell pops open and life sprouts out when I'm covered in him. He uncovers hope and life and joy that cannot happen otherwise. But as long as I hold on to whatever it is that I've held on to, and I know some of your situations are so hard and desperate, you would say, you don't understand. In John chapter 12, Lazarus had passed away and he was his friend. And he said, listen, you're beginning to decay at day four. And he says, take off your grave clothes and come on out. And I can't imagine what that was like to be there and look and be like, what's wrong with this dude? And this mummy walks out and begins to take the grave clothes off and said, I'm gonna live a life that I should not have because he's taken my place. He called me out of death and wants to breathe life. And this is what I think is probably the most beautiful defining verse for this exact message in the Bible. And it's Romans chapter six, verse 23. And it says the wages, which means the price of my sin is death. So listen, no matter what you believe about God, no matter how smart you are, or you don't really feel like you know anything, the penalty for what you've done, anything you've said, thought, or done that displeased God, 
The penalty for that is death, which does not mean a physical death only. It means spiritually. There's a real place called hell, and you'll be separated from God for all of eternity. But, man, this is a good but. Such a beautiful verse change right here. The free gift of God is eternal life, heaven, freedom, hope, because he takes what I believe is hopeless and lost and he lets it fall and he lets myself die so that he can identify me in him eternally forever and ever but it doesn't start in heaven with a heaven ticket it starts here and now he wants me to be identified in him right now and so listen here's the difference it's not enough to know it he's got to have access to all of it and some of you right now need to have death to whatever it is in your life that you've held on to and say you can have all of me and I want all of you and I'm going to say yes to every part of my life because I am tired of having grave clothes on and I want to be yours forever and ever. Y'all look this way. It's a bunch of you. I can see your faces and I know the Holy Spirit is speaking in your life and this is what I'm asking you to do right now. As bold and honest as you can. I want you to throw your hand as high as you can and try to touch the 22 foot ceiling in this house and say I need life in the name of Jesus and I, this is only for the people that have never said yes and absolutely said, you are my savior, you're my Lord, and I'm giving you all of me. I don't care what prayer you've prayed. I don't care what church you've gone to. I'm asking you to be completely and totally honest and say, I want Jesus to be my Lord and savior right now. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? Pastor, that's me, man. That's me. And I need to be saved. If that's you, just slip your hand up as high as you can right now. Throw your hand up and say, I'm ready to have life. Who else? Raise your hand really high and say, that's me. That's me. Come on. I see this hand right here. Who else? Who else? Raise it really high. Raise it really high. There's still time. There's still time. We've had three. Who else would say, man, that's me. That's me. Pastor, that's me. I, I want to know for sure that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior and that he's breathed life into me. Thank you. Here's the other part. And I this for a lot of people. If you're getting baptized today, if you're getting baptized right now, I'm gonna invite you to stand up. I'm, we're not gonna embarrass you. You can keep your heads bowed and eyes closed, but I just want you to stand up. If, if right now is when you're going to get baptized, I want you to stand up and begin to make your way to the back. And here's what I want to do. Anybody else that knows they need to be baptized today, we got clothes we can give you right now. We got clothes we can give you right now. We got four or five people that have gone back already. Here's what I want to know. Who here has never been baptized, but they know that they need to take the first step and they've held on out of fear or whatever, and they're ready to say, Jesus, today's the day that I'm going to declare to the world that I'm going to be baptized. If that's you, I just want you to stand to your feet and say, that's me. I'm, I'm ready to go right now. Whoever it is, is there anybody in the room? I, I need to be baptized right now. I'm ready to do that. If that's you, go to the back right now and let's do this. God, what an awesome morning. And it's only going to get better because we're going to celebrate baptism. We are so thankful that even though we don't understand and even though we don't get it and even though things happen and it doesn't make sense, we're so thankful that you died a death that we couldn't die so we could live a life otherwise we could not have. And in Jesus' name, we have life in your name. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. Amen. Y'all stand with us.